GalaxyCon Live is the place for you to hear about fandom from the celebrities who bring geek culture to life. Welcome, friends and fans, to another episode of GalaxyCon Live, where we are bringing the convention experience directly to you. And we hope your new year is off to a great start, and now it's hopefully going to get a little better because we are going back to Terak Nor with members of the cast of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and now is the time for all of you in our chat room to begin typing in your questions for them. Immediately after this session, you will have the opportunity to talk to them directly through our private chat options, as well as shop our selection of personalized autographs, all of which are available now at galaxycon.com. So without further ado, let's beam them up. Our first guest is an actor whose body of work includes Dirty Harry, Charlie Barrick, and Hellraiser. Today, he joins us to talk about his roles as the former member of the Cardassian Order turned humble tailor, Elam Garrick. Please welcome back Andrew Robinson. Happy New Year, everyone. 2021, rock. We made it. Yeah. <laughs> we made it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, how have you been holding up? You know, I, I, I got sick, I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, I got the virus, but thank my God that it wasn't the serious part of it. So for about a month, it was pretty rugged, but we're okay now, healthier than ever. Oh, outstanding to hear. Always a pleasure to have you back here, boss. Uh, Thank I, you, Patty. I, I, again, you know, someday we'll get a one-on-one because I really want to talk about uh, some of that stuff in your early career. Okay. Yeah. All right. And the next guest, she is an actress whose body of work includes Back to School, Paper Dolls, and Becker. Today, she joins us to discuss the role of Lieutenant Commander Jazdia Dax. Please welcome back the always lovely Terry Farrell. Hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> hey! Happy New Year! And to you as well, Terry. How have you been? Well, I'm I'm really good, actually. Um, did the New York New York uh, New York New Year's Day spring cleaning, which I always love to do. Um, just felt liberated and hopeful. Um, I'm so glad you're fine, Andy. Oh, thank you, Terry. That was so scary when we found out you guys were sick. Huh. Um, I honestly got a call 15 minutes ago saying, where are you? And I was like, uh, where am I supposed to be? <laughs> 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 I didn't know where I have to be until one. one I love it. I love it. <laughs> I work the bathroom, like, what's going on? And then I pop out. He's how do you do that in 10 minutes? <laughs> oh, Terry, I adore you. I'm so glad to have you back. And and I'm not gonna lie, um, not to get uh, too current events, but uh, when the when the election results were finally uh, announced, you're one of the very first people I thought of. It says, I know somebody's having a very good day right now. Very good day. Oh, thank Amen. you. I I am finally going to send my Obama poster to one of my nieces, though, um, because I I you know now that. Joe's there. I can take it down because now there's hope in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And speaking of in the house, our next guest is an actor and author whose body of work includes Beauty and the Beast, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and the Merchant Prince series. Today, he joins us to discuss the role as owner of Quark's Bar, Grill, Gaming House, and Hollow Sweet Arcade. Please welcome back Armin Shimmerman. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Nice to see you all. Nice uh, to see you, Terry. Uh, Armin, did you, how are you holding up, sir? I'm doing very well. I, I'm very lucky in, in my uh, other career as a writer. It keeps me very busy, and I forget for long periods of time that there's a quarantine. 
<laughs> Speaking of, Betrayal of Angels, the first of your new series, just released uh, in November, I believe, right? That's right. On November the 5th. Remember, remember the 5th of November. Um, <laughs> please, take a, let's take a minute. I would, I would love to hear about it. Uh, my book? Yes. Uh, wow, that would have to uh, take about an hour. Um, it is a, it is a, it is a uh, historical uh, mystery uh, that combines uh, English Elizabethan history with uh, with a fantasy world of uh, Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Shakespeare's one of the characters. So is another man, a, a, a historical character named John D, who looks a little oh. like this. And um, and uh, it's been selling off the shelves. I recommend it to everyone if uh, to go to uh, either my website or to go to uh, Jumpmaster Press and purchase it there. You can of course get it on Amazon, but I don't get much royalties from them. So. Okay, fair enough. We'll go go direct to the source. That's what I did. Yes. <laughs> thank you for that, Terry. And thank I'm you. I'm three quarters through it. It's great. Thank you. It's great. And we are three quarters through our, pa our panelists, so let's introduce our final, but absolutely not least. She is an actress whose roles include Dark Angel, Torchwood, and Family Guy. Today, she joins us to discuss her role as Colonel Kira Norris. Please welcome back the always amazing Nana Visitor. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. Oh, <laughs> uh, Nana, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Terry, how do you do that in 10 minutes? That's ridiculous. Practice, practice, practice. Wow. <laughs> and DNA, I, DNA, DNA, DNA. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, uh, so glad to have you back again. And uh, we're looking forward to the time when the world gets a little bit back to normal and we can once again host you on our physical stages and get you back in front of your fans. So in the meantime, once again, we are here on the Galaxy Kind of Virtual Stage. And as always, it's a pleasure and a delight to have you all here. Thank, Thank you, Daddy. Thank you. Absolutely. So our team right now is going through the chat room and pulling out the questions for us. In the meantime, um, I don't want to retread any new ground, but I don't think I've gone in this area with you. I would like, did you, looking back on your characters of DS9, uh, do you, do you, was there ever ever a moment or a story or where you just felt like this is this character's finest hour? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there are a couple episodes where you know you're ringing the bell. I mean, like, and every actor has that feeling when, you know, suddenly, oh, the right place, the right time, and it's all coming together. And and the writing, you know, it was the writing that 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 made that possible. So there there were so many great episodes, not just my episodes, but so many great episodes where, you know, we <laughs> were all ringing the bell. Uh, I would echo that. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. A lot of good episodes, and... and you know, our, our show, God bless it, uh, it still is very viable. Um, and I'm very proud of the episodes, not only that I was part of, but that that everybody on the screen was part of as well. Yeah. Um, and, and even just because I see the two of you together, especially the visitor, where both Andy's daughter, Rachel, and uh, Nana had a great part in. Yeah. Thank you. And Duet, it, in, ter in terms of the writing, Duet really was Major Kira's it, turning point for me. I really understood uh, the the many shades of gray she was. Very much so. Very, very much so. You know, re revolu uh, revolutionary to some, uh, terrorist to others, but uh, she always had that vision. She always made 
those decisions that morally herself I always felt was was ill at ease with and um, came to the other side. Yeah. But I yeah. feel like the show really exposed her as, you know, having an issue with racism as she saw a Cardassian and made assumptions. And that's mm-hmm. something weird to play as an actor. That's not something that was, you know, uh, attractive in any way. But the fact that by the end of the show, she's working with them and, you know, it, it's, is associated with them. That was that was huge. That was a big arc. Yeah, she overcame a lot. Yeah, definitely. Terry, uh, how about you? Is there a moment in uh, you really felt like this is this is this is a, this is a moment of, of Dax history? No matter how many bodies this entity is going to have, it's going to remember this one. <laughs> Um, yeah, a couple, um, well, obviously being with war, um, suddenly I, at at that period of time was very popular at Walmart. When I would go to Walmart, uh, women of color would be especially excited that, especially excited to see me and want to know all about Michael Dorn. (laughs) And, um, it was great. It was, it was like being, uh, welcomed into a sisterhood. (laughs) Um, and obviously the stuff with, um, rejoined dealing with, um, the same sex, but just that love was love and that we made it about, uh, there being a challenge ethically because of, uh, trying to protect the memories of all of the hosts before I was judged yet. Not about the fact that we were the same sex. It was that was not the issue. So it was really nice to um, be able to tell that story in a way that felt uh, really important and always important. But especially that it seems to be something um, that we got to tell a story while we were actually making big improvements in accepting each other. It's nice to contribute in that way, and that our show did that is exactly why I wanted to be a part of it hoping for those moments it's it's gratifying to think that at the time the kiss was uh somewhat controversial and now most people's most modern day eyes it's just sort of like oh okay well that's right (laughs) that's no and we're not quite there was normal but we're getting there we're a lot we gotten a lot further but at the time it was sort of a considered I would think a gratuitous thing and it wasn't it made sense with the characters where there were a lot of other sitcom shows at the time that would do it like it was such a uh, a more like a male fantasy titillation rather than an actual love connection so for that I am that made me feel really extra proud of what we were doing because it was uh poignant and real Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Although the guys on the set didn't handle it that way, but <laughs> <laughs> well, then I don't want to know what happened with the uh, with uh, Mirror Mirror Universe's uh, Kira um, and her obvious proclivities. Yeah, I, actually, there were crew members from other shows on this set. <laughs> it was remarkable when there was the same reputation. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> uh, much so. Uh, about two weeks ago, uh, we had uh, Wallace Shawn on here, and uh, he spoke so well of his of his appearances on the show. We we ran the clip when uh, Quark discovers him in the in the closet, and uh, 
he remarked like he was so he was so he was so fond of, of his parents there and he spoke so well of all of you so what are some what are some guest stars that have been on the show that uh, really stick out in your mind wow i i i wish i wish this person could come back all the time louise fletcher yeah she, she was remarkable and sweet and funny just not at all what I, you know, because I was a huge fan of hers, not what you'd expect. Just just a delightful human. And it was so fun to act with her. Oh, my God. And I'll tell you a story about Louise. Louise and I were friends before she came on the show. When she got the part, she called me up. She was very concerned. She said, Armin, they've just offered me a part on your show on Deep Space Nine. Um, how much makeup will I have to wear? I said... I don't, what character are you going to play? She said, I'm playing something and I can't remember her mispronunciation of Bajoran, but she said it in a very strange way. And I said, oh, no, it's a Bajoran. Oh, no, it's a, it's a little tiny thing on your nose. It's nothing, Louise. You'll have it's nothing to worry about whatsoever. Not whatsoever. Uh, then after doing two episodes, she, you know, she called me back and said, Armin, yes, the nose is nothing, but you told me nothing about the hair and the hair. <laughs> <laughs> thing she had to wear oh, yeah but, uh, what a what a great character though what a great and again would have been real easy to just paint her as a tercillant uh, you know uh, a religious uh, uh, zealot but the political aspirations no she this character genuinely believed but what she believed yeah when you well, have really good actors it inspires the writers to go beyond to stretch the en envelope so we had a, we had dozens and dozens of incredible uh, guest star actors and recurring actors. And, and because of their talents, uh, the writers uh, couldn't just stay in one place. They had to write beyond their potential. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Terry, is there anyone that stuck out in your minds that uh, visited the show? Uh, uh, no, because... <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I bet your favorite your favorite guest star I'm was was drinking my coffee. I'm still trying to pour the caffeine on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> is it safe to say, is it safe to say your favorite uh, recurring your favorite guest star was Andrew Robinson, um, who they later they <laughs> <laughs> later wised up and said, "Let's keep this guy in you know, for the duration." Wait, I have a poster that we did. You and me, Andy. Oh my God! Seriously, oh. it's like right here. A Hellraiser. Yes. No. No. <laughs> we did this poster for. Um, I'm pulling it out now. Oh my God! I oh no! I thought it was close. Oh dang it! Oh, <laughs> far behind my dresser. Oh, it, it was one we did a mock poster for Dean Jones. Do you remember? That's right. Uh, That's right. For oh, um, a western that we never got to do, um, yeah, yeah. but because we did, we both did Hellraiser. I was very excited to meet you because you're the reason I was like, oh, I want to do that freaky show, and yeah, <laughs> I can't yeah. believe I saw it before <laughs> I knew that I read. It. Oh, I used to love horror movies. Mm. Now they're two. It's two. Oh, but I can't <laughs> believe it. I used to, and it, the, the pride I have that we both worked for the same franchise and we were in the best three. Yeah, that's right. Uh, any more scarier character than the one Andy created on Dirty Harry as the as the Zodiac? Uh, 
You were great. That that mm-hmm. that will keep you up nights if you see that. So. How about didn't didn't you have the most classic line from um, Clint Eastwood? Is yeah, this your lucky day? Isn't that the yeah. one? Do you feel, Do you feel lucky, punk? Yes, right, right. And right. you know something? If I had a dollar oh, for every schmo who's come up to me in a supermarket <laughs> or in a public place and repeated not just that line. But said the whole goddamn line to me. And one guy actually held out his hand like this, holding as if he was, I mean, imagine he was holding a 39757, whatever magnum, you know. He was Clint Eastwood for you. Oh, all these guys, all these guys fantasizing that they were Clint Eastwood, you know. So yeah, my, the, weird, the weirdest one was I'm, I'm in the Rocky, I'm the Rocky Mountain National Park and I'm overlooking the most beautiful vista and just sort of like transcending over these these mountains and these clouds and so forth and this i hear this weaselly voice behind me i know i know i did i fire five shots or did i fire six in the heat of all the excitement i can't remember and i turn around there's this little guy and who's mean looking and if we're talking about that role i always give you credit for giving that character so many layers and dimensions because he wasn't just a snarling uh lunatic it was the quiet moments when he's stealing the gun it was like please i frighten easily absolutely <laughs> fun but I think uh, it was God. so much fun. I got to tell you, it was a lot of fun. I thought all filmmaking was going to be like that. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> surprise. Uh, <laughs> all right. I think we are good to go from audience questions. So I will go ahead and let's go ahead and roll our first one. And this is going to come from ah, our friend Nina, number one Trek fan who comes to all of our Trek stuff. She wants to know which DS9 episode is most relevant and important for today. In your minds? Well, for me, uh, and I'll answer first because this is an easy answer and, uh, and a good question, but an easy answer, but far beyond the stars um, because of, of yep. uh, racism that's still prevalent. Um, wow. That to me is is uh, absolute favorite and I think most meaningful. I agree. Yeah, I agree too. By Pale Moonlight is, is, is another one, you know, in terms of like, uh, realpolitik and you know and how we conduct our business in the world and and but but I agree with Armin I think you know, Far Beyond the Stars was quite powerful. Yep. Yeah. So important. Very good. That's a that's a universal. That's absolutely fair. And yes, it's uh, yeah uh, one of those one of those just one of those episodes that just. Throws you off at first, like, okay, what's going on? Everybody this way, too. Once you get past the novelty of seeing everybody's characters in their dreamsite forms, and then you get realized, right. oh, wait, this isn't just, like, mirror, mirror, okay, everybody's being an evil uh, twist or whatever, too. This is, yeah, there's some deep stuff going on. And weird, a poignant of its time, too, because there are half measures in it. And again, the publisher is is okay with having this guy, but he's look, I nothing personal, but I can't have the picture and everything else. And and I just loved that fifties version of the station. It's one of the two episodes yeah. that I so regret not having been in. Oh God, that was so much fun. 
That could have stood alone as a movie, I think. I agree. I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. And you all absolutely rocked uh, these outfits. <laughs> yeah. Great job that they did. Bob Blackman and his team. Really, really capture, really capturing the, the, the They era. were brilliant, those people, Bob. And Avery did a phenomenal job of directing it. And, and, and these looks, of course, had to be okayed by the director as well as the producers. So Avery probably had a lot to do with the looks of these costumes. Very much so. Yeah, Very and all so. the people in the background. Didn't he have a lot to do with the books and everything in his apartment? They were like, there were things that were put there purposefully that it, they weren't just set dressing. It was, if you looked in more detail, there were uh, real, real glimpses into his character. That's right. I remember that. And mm-hmm. and the uh, skull cap he wore as uh, Benny uh, was his choice as well, as I remember, that he insisted that he have something like that. S- speaking of artifacts, forgive me for, uh, but one of my favorite moments uh, ever in Deep Space Nine was uh, at the desk that was my character Herb sat at. There were post-its, and we often had uh, little things from uh, from Denise. Uh, the uh, oh my God, I just forgotten their name. Oh, thank you to Akuta's. You're welcome. And there, and there was a little. There was a little post-it on the desk that when I, I was, I didn't pay much attention to it until finally I read it, and the character I was playing was called Herb. And it was a note from Renee's character that said, Herb, the idea of a cheerleader being a vampire slayer is totally ridiculous. We're not going with that idea. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and it was so out of left field because there I was on the Deep Space Nine set. So um, (laughs) that's wonderful. Oh, fantastic. Lisa, thank you. Great question to start us off with. And what do we have next? Here's one from Linda. Oh, did you keep anything from the set? Like a fool, no. Mm. I didn't keep anything, but somebody gave me something from the set, uh, which is in this room. It's too hard to turn my computer around. But um, uh, but I didn't go and take anything, as opposed to my good friend Renee, who drove it <laughs> to the soundstage in a he ravaged the set. He yeah. had one screwdriver. I've never seen a man do more damage. <laughs> really? Oh my God. He was prying shit off of every wall in that place. Well, they told us don't take anything, but the next day you'd see them just throwing it into garbage bins. Huge. They just threw what? it all out. Yeah. I don't know why we couldn't. I- but I did. I I said to one of the prop guys that fish that was over a supposed restaurant on the promenade. I wanted that. It's a sad story. I wanted it. I didn't realize. I hadn't heard that we weren't supposed to take anything. But when they brought it to me at like eleven at night with the cover over it, <laughs> I went, "Oh God! Oh God! I'm doing something wrong." I, I was <laughs> Unfortunately. It got lost in a move. That's funny. <gasps> no. Yes. Someone has it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my oh. God. Off the, off the truck. Oof. Oh. Yeah. Um, 
I was lucky enough to have a Christmas package with my batleth in it. The one where the four of us are walking, the metal one we only used for one oh, shop. Wow. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's in storage right now, but it will be a, a weapon in my bedroom. On <laughs> my so, you know, if it doesn't get you, I will. Uh, shout out to Dan Curry, who created the bat lifts. Uh, he oh. also got COVID and he too recovered. Oh, oh God. God. glad to hear it. Oh, that you sound so scared. I was scared there for a second. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Linda, thank you. Great question. Uh, what do we have next? And this comes from Jason. What would you, would you want to go to space in real life? Hmm. It depends no. on how, how, <laughs> what's going on, who's flying. <laughs> yeah, who's flying? <laughs> who's behind the wheel? <laughs> I want to know those things, right. you know. Yeah. We don't want to be the test pilots. N no, no, not me. No, I had the fantasy. Remember that old ride at the Hilton in Las Vegas? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I liked that ride, actually. It was we were on it. <laughs> I had to talk myself through that because those kinds of motion things get me so sick. And I had to just keep, I, went, I actually went, okay, I made your care now. I made your care. I'm on a mission. <laughs> get sick. Yeah, but I was terrified. Yeah. Right. Oh, my. I didn't even think about, you know, seasickness in space. Wouldn't you just get knocked out by the 4G thing, whatever that is? Like, you, wouldn't you just knock you out cold? That's exactly why I don't want to go. Because <laughs> questions like that. I, I, I literally I experienced. I literally experienced three G's on my birthday the other day. I went up in a biplane and oh. doing the barrel rolls and all that fun stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, for a minute there. <laughs> yeah. Man, Patty, I can hand it to you, pal. Patty, uh, could you be present enough to actually go, oh my God, this is incredible? Or did you have to enjoy it later? No, I absolutely enjoyed every second of it. I mean, I was, I was like, especially, I was like, oh, but I looked to my left and it's like, oh yeah, I am upside down right now. Wow. <laughs> Oh. Oh, that. So it was in, in, and the guy was a real barnstormer too. I get seasick on a on a sailboat in calm weather, where my friend Nicholas has to say, "Okay, look at the horizon. You were going to steer back into you know <laughs> this, uh, Marina Del Rey Harbor." If, if I don't have something to do and something to focus on, I'm still fighting queasy. Mm -hmm. But I would be so awesome to see. I, I can't even imagine uh, how fantastic to see Earth that far away. Yeah, someone take nice. picture. Let them take a picture, Terry. That's <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. The fear would suck. When and when and if technology reaches the point where it's like a commercial uh, uh, air travel, sure. Isn't that what Elon Musk is working on? Oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Like that's we just take a trip there, like like a ride in Disney World. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. So, so, so Jason, I think we'd all like to go, but we all need to go in comfort and maybe even style. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but a great question, though. Thank you. What do we have next? Hey, here's my friend Rosalyn. 
Were you in any school plays or, or local theater as a child? If so, how did that help your acting career? Hmm. I was in a school play when I was 14 and it helped me because I was such, uh, I, I was, I didn't fit in in any way in my school, in the community at all. And I was very alone. And for the first time I felt like, Oh, this is where I belong. And I felt seen for the first time. Yeah. And it, it, really shifted what I wanted to do with my life very much. Yeah. I had the same experience. I, uh, <clears throat> very, and I was even younger and I got bit. It's a cliche, but I got bit and, mm-hmm. and the lights went on and I nearly vomited. But when I got past that, it was like <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I had the same experience too in junior high. What was yeah. the show? play what was it Um, one was free to be you and me and i think it was also the camaraderie of all of us you know singing together the solo i don't remember i blacked out you know (laughs) just do it but i remember what was crazy is it was so terrifying and but by sunday the last performance is somebody's phone going off it's gone now wasn't mine sorry Oh, good. It's the old guy. So, (laughs) but Sunday would, it would be like, oh, this is our last one. And that's when everybody was so relaxed. And it was like, oh, I wish we could keep doing this. And then the other time I moved away to Hershey with my, with Max's dad. um, And we did two plays at the Hershey area playhouse. And I so wished my career happened the other way around. I wish I'd started out with plays and ended up meeting you guys after it because it was such an education in uh, letting yourself go with mistakes and not getting so wrapped up and not doing it right. Um, And really understanding what rehearsal was in a real way rather than lighting and deciding where we're going to stand, just blocking but really getting to work it out and, and feeling all of the elements, you know, come together where it just never, it, you don't have that experience in television or film. You're there and everybody else does that job. But when you're in theater, it was watching everybody pull together as they're all discovering it. Suddenly it's coming together, but it takes a while being in the muck. It was just, and you guys speak to that way more than I can, but. It was collaboration in both things, but it's different kind of collaboration. It's very different. Yeah. If I may say so, my love for Shakespeare started in high school in a play. I was I was lucky enough to be in Hamlet. I didn't play the title role, but I was in Hamlet, and uh, and it it set my path for what I was going to do later on. I was lucky, Terry, to do just what you just suggested. I started out in the theater and then ended up in TV. And during that time, I had the great good fortune to be directed by one of the finest directors I've ever had, had the pleasure to work with, who's sitting right here, Andy Robinson, who oh. directed me in uh, in the birthday party. Andy, you can smirk, but if you remember, we got a lot of awards for that. Uh, for wow. that. It, was a, it was a great show. It was a great show. And you were amazing in it. I, that show is one of the, you know, one of the things, the, the memories that just stay, you know, it's in the brain pan. Wow. It was a great, great production. And the muck, as you said, Terry, 
yeah, yeah. It, it, it gets strange week two. You don't know how it's ever going to work. But that muck actually is is great plastic to mold until you finally find the shape that you're looking for. And if you have a good director like I did, uh, uh, it's a lot easier. <laughs> Very good. For me, it was Midsummer, which is like the 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 rote high school play, but I got a GS and my director. It's one of the world's perfect pieces of art, that play. <clears throat> yes. And it's a lot, lots of parts of it, but I played a GS and uh, the director teacher said, this is, this guy is the closest thing we have to a villain. So you, 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 you go as hard as you want. And, and I did. And I think that that got me started as well. So Rosalind, thank you. Wonderful question. What do we have next? Robin, who, who were your mentors growing up? Mm. My mother was uh, a, a, an incredible teacher, a dance teacher in New York. She taught ballet, but she really taught a state of mind. And it was interesting to love her as my mother and then also to be a student of hers. It, it, made, it, it was such a hard loss because I lost my mentor, my mother, my, you know, she was everything. Um, but I'd say that my mother was. Nice. Nanette. That was her name. Uh, one, um, of the one of the royalties of the theater your mother was. So, um, yeah, she was. Uh, uh, for me, um, I had a, a friend whose father was a very large man and, uh, it was very wise. And he used to hold court on the beach in Santa Monica. He would sit on the beach and people would bring their blankets and sit around him. Uh, I don't remember his first name. His, his last name was Moy. Um, and he was a role model. I thought, I really want to be, this is going to sound so pretentious, but but it, it was my role model. I want to be as wise as Mr. Moy is. And I want to be able to look at life uh from off on the side and, and make comments and be able to share it with other people. That, that was, <clears throat> that was an enormous uh, role model for me. Hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. Good. And now Very quickly, gave me one piece of advice, which I took. He said, Armin, find yourself a large woman and spend the rest of your life. Studying. <laughs> he meant tall. He meant tall. <laughs> yes, he meant tall. He meant tall. <laughs> You did that too. You've done it all, Armin. Funny. Terry, how about you? Oh no, I just made it up as I went along. Uh, <laughs> my grandmother, my grandmother, um, she was really ahead of her time to me in that she she was a nurse. She was a professional. Um, and she, you know, it was, uh, she was very independent and I think she and my grandfather were, I mean, I don't know how happy they were, but they looked like best friends, how they looked to me on the outside, you know, now that I'm old enough to know that that's not always what you see as a child. Um, but she always took time to be with me and I was the oldest. So um, once my little sister came along, everybody else ran to the cutest. And so she would take care of hanging out with me. And um, 
we talk about money. I mean, not when I was a kid so much, but as I got older, we talk about how we invested money and how to be strong and uh, how to reinvent yourself. And just, she was always very um, willing to reinvent herself and willing to forgive and move on with friends and to always try to make amends as things happened in her life that weren't always easy. So I, I think it was great that she showed a vulnerability and uh, at the same time, she was very hardworking and she, you know, she was sometimes a hard ass, <laughs> <laughs> but she loved me very much. And I was very lucky. Sounds like it. Very good. Andrew, how about you? When I was 10 years old, I got sent away to this, uh, uh, church industrial school, which they, you know was run by the Episcopal Charities of New England, <clears throat> and it was a it was a life saving uh, place for me because I met this man, Alfin Twitchell Gould, who ran the drama program, and he was this wraith like Mainer from Maine, and uh, and this was a tiny school of of misfits. And he turned this tiny school of misfits into this drama powerhouse in New England. Uh, and he's, he's the one that set me on a path that I've, I've never left since. Outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Robin, thank you. Great question. What do we have next? And this comes from Paul. What episode do you feel best defines your character? Might have been a little bit. Uh, hmm. hmm. That's a great question. That's a really good question. You know, it would be by, by Pale Moonlight. There are other episodes like uh, The Wire that that was much more dramatic and and revelatory about him. But by Pale Moonlight or the episodes, I can never remember that multi-part episode with Odo. Um, but yeah, those would be the ones for me. And for me, actually, anytime I was the intending, that helped me define Kira because I had to go to the opposite. Uh And when you go to the opposite, you find out what you're going from. You know, what is that? And I felt that when once I played the intendant, I understood Kira even more. That's a good point. Mm. Mm, Absolutely. I felt like for me, cordially invited when I got married to Worf because I had so much to go through in that episode to prepare for the wedding. Uh, I was out of control. I was defiant. I broke down. I, I just, it was so many things that she had to discover about herself. I mean, on her own. I mean, there's the one, is it facets where everybody got to play a character of me and I watched that, but that wasn't me getting to, Embody an experience, right? Sure, sure, absolutely. Armin, how about you? Uh, It's a tough question. Uh, I've been sitting here trying to think of a specific episode, and I don't have one. Uh, the The arc of my character uh, was multi layered, and I and I believe, and I I believe every episode brought me a little further along that pathway. Um, And I can't point to one 
definitive one that said, oh, this is this is the character. Um, they were very good about giving me many, many facets, including the one time I had to play you, Terry. Um, and um, but no, there's not one in particular. There are many that I enjoyed and were very fond of, but not one that particularly said to me, oh, this is the character. Um, I was, I think I was fortunate. I'm going to be very bold here. I, I stepped onto the stage pretty much full-blown Quark uh, the first day of shooting. So, because um, um, I had played Ferengi before and I had that advantage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, man. I think I have time for one. First of all, Paul, thank you. Great question. I think we have time for one more. So let's close out on a real fun one from Dave. What DS9 character would you like to have as a roommate in real life? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I had one for a weekend once. I never wanted to do that again. <laughs> Max and I shared a room, a hotel room once uh, at a convention. I don't want to. <laughs> um, oh, poor Max. No, no, I love Max. We all know I love Max. Oh, it was the dirty but, socks. Uh, I can tell you stories about that weekend that would make your hair grow. Oh, uh, God. Uh, no, don't tell me. Don't tell me, please. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had a choice, want anybody rooming with him. Uh, if I had a choice of who I would like to have as a roommate, and, and when assuming that it will stay, for me anyway, I'll stay on the male side of the cast. Um, because then it's a whole totally different question. Uh, but I, I suppose, and I and actually I've roomed with him for a night as well, um, uh, would be Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs. Sure. <laughs> I don't think I could live with Renee for a, a permanent roommate. No <laughs> problem. But, but um, no. I could live with. I could live with. <laughs> uh, the, I've never had a roommate, so I can't even understand what that means. But mm -hmm. I'm putting it in my head that go to Europe with for a trip, and I'd say Dax. I'd say Terry. That would be that would be a blast. Mama, it's you. Yeah, I would pick you. Yeah, it'd be so fun. Oh my God, we would have the best time. First of all, we could totally go down badass watching like adventure movies, but then we could also be like girly girl and do our nails and do a mask. No, Europe. Why are you staying inside? <laughs> We're getting ready to go out. Carmen. We're getting ready to go out. <laughs> no, hey, I didn't. We're in Europe. It's supposed to start getting cold there when we're like going to fry here in California. We, the, Climate change. We need to go to Europe where it'll, it'll start getting colder. Does that sound good? Yeah. You know, so we should go there for like a nice, ah, nice weather. Yep. Oh, we could go there during when it's the hottest here. We can go there. That's when we live there. Yep. That's what Andy used to do. Andy used to take off from L.A. and go to Paris. Oh, and the Noah and I can make dinner and you guys can come over. How about that? Oh, look at them. They're on their trip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, my face. What the hell am I thinking? That is funny. We're looking at Michael Dorn, I think. I think you're right. What yeah. is that? What is this? I'm in awe. <laughs> this looks like something out of our book. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe it was, uh, it was uh, your characters had just come out of a hollow sweet program, yeah, but it was never right. really quite defined what it was. That's right. Not any hollow sweet that I ever ran. That's for sure. <laughs> I think you got nasty with someone. Uh, Probably. That yeah. Sounds, that sounds likely. But you would be great. So they so, couldn't have picked a better clip for our mouths, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, Terry, you look flawless. That's gorgeous. That is it. So, so Andrew, uh, what uh, DS9 character would you? No, none. No, none, none. No, no, no. Garrick, Garrick was a loner man. He had he had his little cell and his little narrow bed, and that was what it. Here, huh? You buddies with Bashir. Well, that was, you see, my my feeling about that is that that was, that was all in his head. In this year's head or yours? All in his head. <laughs> uh, Dave, thank you. Great question. Uh, for me, I would pick, uh, I would pick Morn because he's always going to be quiet. That's true. Be sure. <laughs> It's a little <laughs> big thing. Although Daddy, that's weird. That is just too, too weird. weird. <laughs> you know, there's a bird in Africa. Holy cow. That hair. What a thought. Yeah. Although they imply in the show always implied that he he could talk and there were moments where he's about to, and it just yeah, there's a running he left gag. once. That was upsetting for me. Hmm. Yeah. Indeed. So once again, Dave, thank you. Great question. And GalaxyCon viewers, this has been my time with the cast of Deep Space Nine, but it absolutely does not have to be yours. If you would like to chat with any of our guests like I have today or purchase a personalized autograph, please sign up at galaxycon.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our schedule of upcoming events like this one. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, any parting words for our audience before we go today? Stay safe. Stay I safe. Yes. Please Stay wear a mask. Safe. Yes, please. Do it for yourself. Do it for the community. Do it do for, for us. I do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. As always, it's been my absolute pleasure to host you all. Once again, thank you for joining us here at the GalaxyCon virtual stage. Thank you to our audience for joining us. And thank you for all those great questions. Hope to see you later today. We'll have cast reunions of Justice League Unlimited and a goofy movie. And until then, bye-bye, everyone. Take care. And please keep washing those hands.